Hey, Jim, what you doing? Making a podcast. Want to join me? You bet. Welcome to the Live It Well podcast, where we hope our stories help you better understand yours. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning. Uh, I am excited to see you this morning. By the way, I really like those glasses. I know everybody can't see your glasses, but I really like them. You said that last week. I know, but I like them. I just, I don't know. They make me happy. They're really cool. Did I really say that last week? I believe it was last week. Yes. Um, right. Thank you. I like them too. I don't, I haven't gotten a lot of compliments on them, but now from you twice. And also one, Who other, else matters? one other person, but um, I like, I like them. I don't know. Does it I, matter if anyone else likes them? No. I don't really know. I don't think so, but I mean, I'm, you know, I am what I am. Uh, so I, we have a, we have a 16 year old daughter who's probably going to take her driver's test in like the next, let's say three or four or eight months or who Scary. knows. And like we went driving this last week and a lot of times what I do is I take her into like I drive to a small town a long ways away and let her drive like on a normal like four lane highway or two lane highway and just try to get out and about. Well, today, this last week we did it all in town. It's much scarier to drive with lots of other cars around with your 16 year old daughter. It's just much scarier. Scarier for her too. It is. "Um, Mom, I hate the highway. I'm like, well, you don't actually have to take the highway where we live. So if you don't feel comfortable taking the highway, don't. She's like, but I need to get used to it. I'm like, yeah, you will eventually need to learn how to drive on the highway. But if you're starting out and you, you know, want to take the back roads, that's fine. But there are people on the back roads. And apparently road rage is a thing in our uh, town, don't like even everywhere get me else. So it's, I am like, just be kind on the road to seriously. everybody because you never know how crazy the person next to you is. I was explaining to her that she could stay in the right lane all the time on the highway. You don't have to pass people. You don't have to change lanes. You don't have to do anything. But then she had a car go slow in front of her, which is fine, except she freaks out because there's a car behind her and she thinks she's like inconveniencing them. It's like her biggest stress when she drives. And it just like, it's kind of cute, but also like, who cares what the car behind, they can pass you. That's part of the deal. Speaking of our 16 year old daughter, she had an experience this week in terms of Ordering things from overseas. Would you like she to had an, elaborate? I, I like to call I told you so experience. <laughs> and it happens often. But this one is I actually told her. Like, yeah. here's what's going to happen. And it's not going to go well for you. And so she wanted to do it anyway. And we said, we're not doing it with our money. You do it with your money. Yep. And she said, okay. So she did it and she didn't listen to me and she's paying the consequences right now. So she ordered a floral dress. No. Okay. Let's back up. Okay. Help me understand this. Yes. Uh, Prom is in May, people. And so everyone's buying their dresses now. So she's got peer pressure all around her. And these girls are buying like $500, $600 dresses. Which we are not. Not happening. That is absolutely ridiculous. For a one-time use? Yeah. Sorry. I won't even say, like, if you want to do that, you go ahead. I'm just... That's stupid. Like, my wedding dress was barely that much. And that's way more important than a freaking prom date. Truth. So anyway, um, she she found this dress online. She had to have it. And instant red flags. Like, China shop. Like, you know... China warehouse, probably. Yes, let's be it's real. Actually what it, yeah. It's not a shop at all. It's yep. a warehouse. It's a scam. And you're going to get scammed, Veda. And so I said, I will not spend my money on a China shop. So if, the, if you have to have that, you will spend your money. And so she did. And she was so excited. Mom, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. I have to have this dress. Um, 
it gets here and I'm like, here's your dress, Veda. She opens it up and she's like, mom, from her room. It's not the dress we ordered. Nope. It's a completely different dress. She's like, it's actually kind of cute. I'm like, it is sort of cute, I guess, but it's not what you ordered. I was like, try it on. So she tries it on. It's completely see-through. See-through. Not good. And I did my due diligence and I checked their website and they said on their website that they had a United States return address. Yeah, they did. So I was like, okay, we can return it to the United States even if she loses the shipping. Oh, no. I got an email. I sent an email with the picture of the dress saying this is not what we ordered. I get an email this morning that basically says... We no longer have a U.S. warehouse, even though we lie and put it on our website that we do. Uh, We no longer have one, and so you will have to internationally ship it. If it is lost, if it is damaged, you will get no money back. Or you can keep the beautiful dress that we sent you, and we'll give you 30% of your money back. I'm not happy. And it wasn't my money, but my heart hurts for her. That's a lot of money for a teenager. I kind of like natural consequences being the teacher of lessons. And maybe this is the natural consequence for Veda and the like teaching of, hey, listen to mom next time. You've and done also, this, though, like, is the whole point. Like, you've done this for thing. For sure. For sure. I think everyone is about something that they thought they were, like, our dear friends, Jacob and Rachel. Yep. Rachel just bought a sweater that she thought was embroidered, and she got a screen printed. <laughs> it was, like, pr- yeah, printed on. Sweater. Oh gosh, like, so sweatshirt. It was, it's ridiculous. We've all done it, and we've all learned our lessons. And I'm like, you know what? Let's drive to the cities and go to, like, a real dress shop yep. and buy you a dress that you get to try on and touch and feel and make sure it's not see-through. And nope. I have to have this one, and I have to have it now. And guess what? She has not that one. And now we have to go dress shopping, like I said. I said, I am no longer buying with your money or my money. I won't do it again. I'm not just going to give my money to people. Yep. So, oh, so here we are. So now we will have to go prom dress shopping. And also, it's February the beginning of February. Right. Who cares? We have three months. Yes. Why are we doing this right now? But every girl at her school is doing it. And it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Agreed. Uh, I did a tough workout two days ago, Jamie. And it had... I counted afterwards because my legs hurt so bad. It had 185 squats in it. Yeah, I thought you were going to die. I thought of maybe no, I was going to die too. I actually literally thought you... Every time you work out, I'm like, why is he breathing like that? Is his heart stopping? Nope. What is wrong with him? But I will tell you... Um, so I felt great about the workout. It's one of my favorite workouts I've ever done. But I hate our stairs right now. I hate them very, very much. My left leg especially hates them. But I'm trying to figure out, I got to do something to loosen up. You know what's worse? What's Well, you have to work out again because that's the only thing that loosens it up. But you know what's worse is being a girl and doing that because you have to sit down every time you go to the bathroom. Yep. You only have to sit down once, twice a day. Yep. We have to sit down every time. And when your legs are like that, it's a constant reminder. It's awful. Jeez, I never even thought about that extra squat issue. It's terrible. So, Jamie, you had some health stuff last week. So let's catch some people up. We went and met with a cardiologist this week. And what did she basically say? Can I just say that I love the Mayo Clinic? Yes. There is something different about the Mayo Clinic. Their doctors are, like, so kind. Yeah. At least the ones we've had experience with. Most, Almost all of them, yeah. They're so caring. They love people. Like, isn't that why you go into healthcare? But you don't get that everywhere you go. These doctors are top-notch. So if you ever need something or if something's... You know, especially out of the ordinary, find yourself a Mayo Clinic. There's three of them in the country. My little plug for the Mayo Clinic. 
Um, she cleared me. She said, yep. "You are your heart is young. You are healthy, but also." Mm-hmm. She gave me a little lecture about, not lecture, it was not a lecture at all. She was very kind. But she asked me what I was doing for working out. And I have a lot of anxiety and stress. Yes. And my heart is already feels like it's broken a lot of the time. And so I find myself doing low impact stuff. We've talked about this on yes. the podcast. Yes. And so I do yoga and I take casual walks around the neighborhood. Well, she says that's not cutting it. She said, yep. I need to... Probably walk a little bit more, and I also need to uh, pick up the pace a little bit. And so, I have always had a dream of being a runner, and I've always told myself I couldn't. And so, I'm gonna just try. And I'm not gonna be like a marathon runner, um, but I am gonna try to like run a little bit and condition my heart a little bit. So basically, she said, "Your body is working so hard because of the anemia. Your heart is working so hard because it's not." well-conditioned, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so it is sort of my fault. She said, most people with a, like an iron level where I'm at, not most, but a lot of people with an iron level where I'm at probably wouldn't feel it necessarily, or they may or may not. It's kind of like a, a luck of the draw, I guess. But because my heart isn't like at its optimal conditioning, I'm feeling a lot of the symptoms. Mm. So... So anyways, we're working on it. And she said now is not really the best time because I'm trying to get my iron levels up. So once my iron levels are up, but I'm kind of trying to do a hybrid. Like I'm going to work a little harder, but not as hard as I I should be. Yep. You'll get that at some point. But so that's where we're at. So you were right. Literally all my iron. Yep. And that's which was the best news that it was the iron piece. But then the challenge, the challenge to be a little more active was great. Um, We've both gotten that challenge from doctors over the last, you know, chunk of years. So. Uh, you also had a pretty, you kind of hinted at it last week, but you have a major life change coming up. Would you tell us the big news? Yeah. After my big plug for the Mayo Clinic, I, I am now going to be employed by the Mayo Clinic. I'm joining, you know, the rest of our city. It's true. Uh, and I'm, I'm so excited. I'm like, it's crazy because we've been talking about this probably for six months. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of been like, a, so let me back up. I was in nursing school, or I had kind of just gotten my feet into nursing school when we found out we were pregnant with our second. Yep. And Nixon, our oldest, was only eight months old. So we had kids that were going to be 16, 17 months apart. And it just, it was going to be a lot. I needed a lot of gen eds. I needed a lot of schooling. We didn't really have a lot of extra money. And now we were going to have two kids. And we were, you know, still trying to figure out healthcare things and insurance stuff and all that. So I quit nursing school, but I loved it. I love being in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I love that environment. I, and it's so, there's something about the hospital. It's not just, it's not like clinic. It's not like when I go into the clinic, I'm like, this is really cool. No, I just love the hospital. Mm-hmm. There's something about it. And Absolutely. so I started exploring. I was like, well, maybe I'll go back to nursing school. And, um, because I now have my bachelor's degree, I would do a direct entry master's program and they're very expensive. And so I was like, what are my options here? Like what, what else can we do? And so we're just going to, I'm getting my feet wet. I'm stepping in the door. Um, there's Mayo Clinic has a lot of benefits to help people become nurses, things like that. And so if that is the plan someday, I, that's probably the route I'll go is through them, but we're just kind of getting our feet wet, stepping into this new, yeah, new, like, whole new world for our entire family. It's been 
15 and a half years, six, almost 16 years that I've been home. And yep. so, and I've done a little odd job here and there. Yep. I worked at Caribou for a little bit. I've, you know, I helped out at our church administratively for a short season. There's been th- some things I've done along the way, but this is like, to me, this is like the next, this is like my, my second career, my next, you know, it's like I had my first career was in the church world and that's and I loved it and when I left there I just nursing felt like the next step and then we had babies and then our family and um building Scott's business was the focus and so that's what we've been doing for the last 16 years and now I get to work on my career a little bit and so what's the we'll role, see. Jane? What are you actually going to do in, you know, for right now? So my official title is health unit coordinator and okay. I am working on the labor and delivery and the like lower level NICU. So I'll be working um, in la- labor and delivery, mom and baby, and then um, NICU kind of like rotating and okay. I'm working a point six. So I'm not working full time. It's going to be a couple shifts a week, um, a weekend every three weeks and then I'm doing nights and weekends though guys that's the scariest part for me is I've I've not really ever done nights I did a like sh- I did evenings for a short stint when I quit at the church the like oh yeah and you work days and I worked evenings and then we didn't have to have child care and so so we've done we did that for a little bit um but nights overnights I'm nervous but I'm super excited about the role and labor and delivery has always been where I've wanted to to land. It's always been my favorite like place. And so I applied for this job and the cool thing about it is I feel like it feels really full circle to me. It feels like I got to have my babies and raise my babies. And now as I launch at least, you know, one or two of them out here over the next couple of years, I can help women and serve women in like the launching of their families and the starting of their families. So that's that's what I'm most excited about. So this got me thinking about something. And I was thinking back to, um, you are somebody who is willing to pivot in a way that most people aren't. And so I want to ask you a bunch of questions. And I want to start with, you know, you started a master's program because you thought it might be the right avenue. And then you decided that it wasn't. It wasn't kind of the thing. And what I want to know is, how do you decide when it makes sense to stick it out in something that's hard or feels foreign? And when do you decide to make a change from something that feels that way? And you can talk specifically about the master's program because it was recent. Yeah. Um, I, well, I, I, it's weird. As an Enneagram one, you, they're typically not people that are like jumping from one thing to another. So it's sort of out of character for me. I was just listening to a podcast that was talking about it. And, um, so I, I'm kind of embracing that part of me, even though it's been a negative a lot of my life. Like my parents were always like, can you just hold down a job sure. for more than two weeks? Yep. You know, like I just was like, I want to try this. I want to try that. It's almost like the other Enneagram seven piece in me. We all know I love to spend and, you know, have fun that way, like an Enneagram seven. But maybe that's this is like a healthy part of me where I get to explore things. And so I've started to shift my focus on it. Not that I want to jump in and out of things all the time, because that is also. But I do feel like. I do feel like I, I hear from God and, and I, I listen to the spirit. And so I, I try to, I, so I try to, I try to use discernment that way. Like, God, what are you asking me to do? What have you called me to do? What is it you've put inside of me? Where are my passions? How do things break out? And one of the things that happened while I was in that master's program is it was challenging. And so I'm like, am I quitting just because it's challenging? Right. Because I don't want to quit just because it's challenging. Of course not. 
And so I, I, before I decided to quit, I really like sat back and like analyzed why I was, you know, what, what the feelings were and what the, like, what the outcome, what I wanted the outcome to be. And one of the things I can picture where you were in the dining room and you were on the phone with a client and you were just, I don't even know. I wasn't even really listening to you, but I, I, the your, your tone of voice and the way that you were like, you were just like, yeah, and then we'll take this and do this with it. And then we'll do this. And it was like, it was, I just, I, I had a picture of like, of someone living out their calling. And to me it was like, and, and then I had this voice in my head that was like, I, the only, so for a long time, I felt like the only place where you can truly sacrifice and honor God and live for God is A, on the mission field. And if you can't go to the mission field, then B, in the church. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think sometimes the, conscious and sometimes subconscious. Yeah. And I think, I think the churches, some churches do better than others, but I think churches in general do a disservice to people because they talk about ministry a lot and they talk about the church being, you know, it's almost like this elevated thing. Yes. And so like you're more special or you're more called by God if you do something in the church or if you do ministry in the church. And every youth group in America encourages the kids who know a little bit about the Bible to go into youth ministry. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So this is old, old. This isn't like our pastors aren't preaching this. Like yep. they actually, I think do a very good job of preaching the opposite. Like, Agreed. especially in our city, because there's so many people that are serving in the city in really cool ways. Mm-hmm. You know, like we have people that are doctors and nurse practitioners in the neonatal intensive care unit. I mean, they're, they're taking care of one pound babies yep. that shouldn't live and they're living. Like we have multiple pastors that are bivocational too that have jobs as well as working for the church. Yep. And I, and then, you know, we have a chief firefighter in our neighborhood. Like we just have, there are just so many people that are doing these really cool things, but they're not within the church. And so anyway, I had, I looked at you and I, I was just like listening to you, like just embrace and love the way that you get to like serve and help people. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it, I don't know. I mean, I'm 44 years old. I've been in church most of my life. And it just all of a sudden was like, I felt the Lord say to me, you do not have to work in a church. You do not have to be on the mission field to serve me in your utmost like capacity. Like that is not the only way to sacrifice for me. And, and like I said, I feel like this job is just, and the trajectory that I'm on feels very full circle. It feels like something I, and my word of the year, if everyone doesn't remember, was anew. Yes. And it, it's doing something in a new or different way. The same thing. And so it feels like I, you know, I started my, our family out in a certain trajectory and I'm kind of back on that trajectory in a different way, in a new way. And so it's just been listening to the whispers and the quiet, voices and you know the even some of the loud voices like podcasts that I listen to and sermons and um you know financially things we're trying to do and this helps with that and it's just been like it's it's been all these little moments of like confirmation and it's been in like very tangible like real ways like watching you do your job and there was a couple other things I can't remember off the top of my head right now where I just was like I knew that God was calling me to do something 
in a different way than I thought it would look. Sure. And, and so I'm just taking a step of faith and, and it's been one, exactly one month since I put in my application and I was cleared to work today. Like That's my cool. drug test came back, my immunizations came, all the Your things. federal background check. Thank goodness yes. they didn't find all that stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> My fingerprints, like all the things, everything is back. And so I've been cleared to work. And so um, it's official and it's been a month and it's, it's, but it's been a, it's been a long month of like fighting. Maybe this isn't it. Or maybe, you know, like you, then my health went crazy for a little while and we were like, like the, and actually I've had two or three different health things this month that like, um, we, you know, there was a moment where I was like, I might have to have surgery. And then this, the heart stuff happened. And then now I'm needing iron infusions and like the time. And then, you know, we're going on a 10 day trip in a few months. And I was like, there's no way they're going to, you know, like you start a new job and hi, I need 10 days off. Like who wants to be that person? There was just so many things along the way. I, but I just kept feeling God's like, this is it. I've got you. Trust me. And so that's what I've had to do. And literally every step along the way has been uh, like a practice in trusting him. So let me ask you a question. There's people out there right now that are trying to make new decisions. They're trying to change things. They're thinking about making a shift. Like, is there any advice you'd give to somebody who's trying to make those decisions in how to know when to stick it out? Because listen, this job's going to be hard and you're going to have crappy days and you're going to be like, what am I doing? Like, that's still coming, and that still happens in my life. Uh, I recently had a conversation with my buddy Ryan. We were talking about how people that like their jobs and people that don't like their jobs, well, people that don't like their jobs, maybe they have five bad days. People who like their jobs, they have two bad days out of five. Like, it's not, it's not going to be easy, but how do you, like, is there any advice you can give or any wisdom you can give from the past where you've gone through and decided now is worth sticking out the hard time uh, just because it's hard, now is the time to make the change? I think I think one of the things that I have learned and some of the things that I've walked through in story work and things over the year over the last few years has been preparing me for this to have confidence in in myself and in who God's called me to be. It's good. And so working through some of the the mess that I had in my life and the things that, you know, were holding me back, I think the biggest thing is to trust yourself. Like we know and we know ourselves and we know when something's just hard and something's no longer for us. I believe that. I mean, and it's something that I've had to have confidence in, you know, cause I, I typically have to convince you of something like whatever it is, like I really want to do this master's program and you know, you want to know all the details and, and why. And, and so for me, it's been, you know, and then when I had to tell you, I no longer wanted to do the master's program. Um, it, it, ha- I had to get to a place, I had to be in a place where I trusted my, myself and that I was hearing from God. Okay. And so I think that's a, a first step is like learn to trust yourself. And if, if you can't, if maybe there have been times where I've been stuck and felt like sure. I don't know the answer. Right. I don't know if this is good or bad. I don't know. And I think that's when you need to be in community and you need to find someone who you trust who can help you with some of the discernment if you don't have it for yourself. And so you have been a huge, huge advocate for me when I need just like a little bit of, a, you know, a push one way or the other. You've been the, the 
person who I've gone to the most, but I have other, you know, good friends that we've known for 20 plus years that have also walked with me through a lot of decisions. Absolutely. And, and, or your pastors or who, you know, your small group leader, like wherever you're connected, you know, someone at work that you really trust and, and look up to, um, there's ways of finding discernment if you don't have it for yourself. But I think the first and foremost, you really have to trust yourself. That's good. And I, I, I heard a quote yesterday that I'm going to take with me for the rest of my life, really. And it's not, it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. It just felt very, like, very poignant at the time. Like, like this, this is something that I just need to, like, have inside me. And mm-hmm. it's, there's no joy without pain. Come on. And so it's like, you know, there's no flowers without rain. The same little, like, you know, I don't know. And so maybe that's a visual picture for you. But there's, they're just, we have to go through hard things. And we have to struggle, whether that's, you know, physically, emotionally, cognitively, like, you know, internally, whatever the struggle is, in order to get where he wants us to be and in order to enjoy and and find joy in our in our days. And, and so there just might be days where you struggle and days where you're not sure. And, um, like I said, it's learning to trust yourself and then always like having someone else you can trust to, to help you discern and make the right decisions. That's great. Jim, thanks for sharing all that and being vulnerable and kind of being able to put yourself out there. I, I think, uh, your willingness to share in those areas has been a really big part of the podcast. So that was awesome. And uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. Okay, we're back, and let's uh, get right to it with Snack Attack. Snack Attack. You know, we might have to change the name of this segment at some point, but today it's still going to (laughs) work. You keep saying that. I know. It's going to have to. But right now, we really are kind of talking about sort of snack-ish things. So we, for the Super Bowl, let's talk about what we made. Um, I did... Taco dip is one of my favorite things to make. I've been making this for a lot of years. I used to make it for my Christmas party at my office. Um, it's like a six or seven layer dip, and I use beans. I don't do any meat, and then sour cream, or beans with salsa, and then, and then sour cream, and lettuce, and cheese, and olives, and tomatoes, and all that stuff. Really like that uh, with veggies and chips. And then, Jamie, what did you make? Uh, vegetable beef stew. Nice. We I, had leftover roast, so it was perfect. Yeah, I had made a huge roast, and it was delicious, but I was like, what else can we do with it? Um, because you know, you can only eat roast so many times. And so we froze it and I'm going to, I put it in the soup and also I just wanted something a little healthier. I'm not eating junk food. Yep. And it's kind of just You also don't like beans. So my taco dip was an out. Yeah. It's it's pretty healthy, but there's a lot of things I'm not eating just because they, I don't feel good when I eat them. And so it's not because I think they're bad foods. It's that they don't work for my body. And so I don't eat beans and I don't, I'm trying not to eat like grains and chips and all the things. So anyway, I needed something that I could eat and that I would not feel like, oh, I have to eat the health food and everyone else gets to eat the good food. <laughs> Jamie's eating I, tofu. I like vegetable beef soup and I my roast was really good. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited it. to eat it. So then the other thing uh, was I made um, jalapeno popper dip, which I've made three or four times. And it. I'm just going to give you the rundown. It's really good. Um, so I take like hot Italian sausage and I cook that with lots of fresh jalapeno in it. And then uh, I, uh, oh, and I smoke cream cheese also while I'm cooking all that. So I have smoked cream cheese at the bottom. Then I add all this uh, hot Italian sausage and jalapeno mix. 
and then put cheese and bacon on it, and it's amazing, and it's really good. Uh, but the cool thing about it is you don't have to eat it with chips, although you can, and some people do, but it's really good with veggies. So, like, I love carrot chips with it and celery and things like that, and so it's excellent. It's one of my favorite things, and so uh, it was excellent because it's excellent, of course. Wow. I know. Can you say excellent again, please? It was excellent. Uh, So for the Money Minute this week, Jamie. Money Minute. We have talked a little bit about budgeting. And I think sometimes what makes budgeting suck so bad is that you do it like you think about it for the month. And so you're like, oh, I can't get this thing this month because of the budget. Or, you know, there's no hope in a monthly budget because you don't really know where you're going. And so what I have been doing is I used to create like a six-month budget to have an idea of where we're going. But then you and I created, uh, like we created this five-year budget to see where we're headed, to just have vision for where we're going. And so if you're out there and you're budgeting, and especially if you're the one that hates the budgeting, I would recommend doing like a one-year budget and see where you're going to be in a year. If you just do what you're doing right now, or if you pay a little extra or whatever it is, and I really love the idea of a five-year budget. What do you think of our five-year budget? I hate looking at it because it's too many numbers for sure. me, but um, I, I'm glad that you have it, and I probably should look at it so that it feels better because right now it still just feels restrictive. But I also have plenty of money to spend. I'm just like, I don't want to spend it all. Yes. But, but then I'm Because you like, used to think of it I as my money that you got to spend. <laughs> now you think of it as your money and you don't want to spend it. But... The thing that I think is so funny is Scott has the most intricate five-year budget. So, like, it would probably stress most most people, except for maybe an accountant out. But it literally, like, if he, like, pays a bill and it was, like, you know, $600 or whatever, and he types in minus $600, the whole, like, every number on the page starts going crazy and they yep. all start changing. And he's an Excel wizard and I have no idea about Excel. But it's it's funny to watch when he changes something and, like... 8,000 numbers just start, start changing. And then the number, at, you know, the, the like end goal, the number at the end is like Different. lower. Yep. It's great. I just created basically our, I recreated it with them in the office because I did it really quick, but I recreated like a five-year budget for a young couple that I was meeting with. And so this goes into my PR this week, which is I love doing pro bono work for people. I like helping young couples or people in a lot of debt or people that have just been in. I like doing it, but I like doing it on purpose. And so my PR is, is doing pro bono work on purpose. And um, it's just like, I think sometimes when it's on purpose, you get more joy out of it. And so I helped them with this budget and we were just talking about, hey, like in three years, you guys can have all this stuff paid off and then you can have this. And we just kind of walked through it. And I was like, what does this look like in five years? What does this look like in six years? Because when you're 25 and you have, like, it was kind of nice. They didn't have a lot of debt, but it felt like a lot to them and they were buying a house. It feels like you're just buried in debt. And so to put this on paper for them and walk it out with them was really cool. And I just really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed spending the time with them. And that's not really what I get paid to do. I mean, it sort of is, but it's not really. But I just really liked it, and I got a lot of joy. And it was the last thing I did at the office yesterday, and it was fun to leave after doing that. So that was my PR. Awesome. What about you? Do you want to share what a PR is? Because you oh, said you yes. wanted to I'm do sorry. that. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Thank you for saying that. Okay. Um, so PR, uh, it, this all came back from our son ran track last year. And one of the things you do in track is you measure yourself against other races that you've run or other distances so you've So against jumped. yourself. It's always against yourself. 
So when we talk about PRs, it's a personal record. It's a place where we have improved on where we were before. And so when I talk about the pro bono piece on purpose, I used to just kind of willy-nilly sometimes help people. I want to be deliberate about when I help people and how I can help people during the day. And just remembering that your time is valuable and, and how you want to use it. So I love when I'm deliberate, I don't sit in a meeting going, oh, I probably should be doing something else. Instead, it's really fun and I get a lot of joy out of it. So yes, thank you for saying that. What's That's your awesome. PR my for the PR, week? My we've, PR, we've talked about it, but I'll, I'm going to elaborate a little bit. And my PR is my new job. And I think I, we've talked about this a lot over the years and it just never quite felt right. Or like I would get cold feet and like just, I don't know, freak out and decide it wasn't going to work because, you know, I do a lot around the house and yes. a lot of it goes unnoticed. And so I am worried, like, are they going to pick up the slack? The answer is no, they're not. And I'm going to have to, we're, I'm sure we're going to have plenty of discussions about like what needs to get done. And maybe I'll just have to leave a list when I go for a 12 hour shift or something. But I, there's just always been a reason why I can't, or it's not the right time or, and, and it feels like, I mean, it, it really does feel like this was just meant to be. And so it's the right time. And it's, it, I think it'll be good for everybody. Our older two kids, like, my daughter made a grilled cheese sandwich last night. Yes. To go with her dinner. It, she only ate that, by the way. She didn't even eat the dinner. I'm really it. embarrassed that I didn't te- it was embarrassing. teach my kids. Like, I haven't taught It was kids. embarrassing in every level. Watching I, her slice cheese was embarrassing. <laughs> Watching the whole thing. I do everything for my children. And I, so I feel like if, I, don't, don't get me wrong. you think Nixon could have done that, though? I have, Maybe I'm not. I right. have failed my children in many, countless of, yes, ways. Yes, we both have. Tons. But this might be my biggest regret. Like <laughs> our daughter, and then she opens the ketchup bottle, and ketchup explodes everywhere. And she's like, "Oh my gosh, I hate cooking. There's stuff everywhere. It's such a mess." I'm like, "You made a grilled cheese sandwich. That's not like, even really cooking, is it?" Oh my word! You're warming I don't know. up cheese. It, yeah, it was so. It's and someone else asked me the other day about this. Is totally off topic, but it's just a good. Everyone just needs to hear it. About my coffee. I have an espresso maker. And yep. so I make a coffee every morning and I don't go to Starbucks yep. hardly ever. And so they're like, oh, does Veda make herself a coffee? She's a coffee drinker too. And I was like, no, I don't want her to touch it. She's going to break it. <laughs> I was like, Veda is a whole situation. And I have a lot of work to do in the next one to two years to get her ready to, you know, be independent. And Were you she'll a learn cook, along though, the way, in high school? Like, did you? I could mom, make... Okay. Guilty as charged. My mom would not let me in the kitchen. Yes. Partly because... Partly because she's a phenomenal cook and baker and she is going to do a better job. And then also partly because she's a type A A and doesn't want the mess and didn't want to deal with it. And mine isn't A. It's not the first one. It's that I'm type A. And I'm like, you guys make a mess. Whenever you touch anything, get out of my kitchen. I'll deal. I'll, I'll make the grilled cheese. I mean, there was cheese everywhere. There was the, the bread landed on the floor at one point. It was such a mess. Everything kids do (laughs) is messy and I hate it. And I don't want to be in the kitchen with them, but I have failed them. And so, you know, in the next couple of years, we're going to help them be a little more independent. And by me getting a job, it's going to force it. It is. You're a hundred percent right. So I'm very excited about starting and seeing, you know, what God does in our lives. So for Stupid Fight of the Week. Stupid Fight of the Week. Mm, I can't wait. I'm being surprised right now. You're always surprised. We never talk about no, it ahead of time. you usually mention it. Oh. So here we go. Okay. So I just, this is funny because I know that this would bother you 
so much if I had done something similar. But twice in the last week, and I notice it way more because I'm going to explain the rest of this. Twice in the last week, you left the toilet paper empty. Twice. (laughs) And then our kid, at least I'm assuming it's our kids, did it in the downstairs bathroom. Like, so four times in the last eight days, there's been an empty toilet. No, no. Listen. I feel so bad for you. No, no. You would be so angry if I did this to you. Why are you looking at me like that? You would be angry. If you did this to me. Yes. You do stuff like this to me every day. No. The napkins are empty in the cabinet right now. It's been two days. I have noticed and I haven't done anything about it. I got a napkin yesterday, so they're not empty. empty. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. So we need to add napkins. Mm -hmm. It's different than sitting down on the toilet and the toilet paper's gone. Okay. Number one, I remember both times I did it and it was like very conscious. Oh. It was the middle of the night. Okay. By the way, you left like one square both times. You don't need it in the middle of the night. You don't know that. If you do, there's a Kleenex on the back of the toilet. Mm, okay. So you'll be fine. Okay. So that's the number one. And number two, I had a very long week. You did. I've been very sick. You did, yes. I've been... Most of this was before you got sick. Appointments, anyway, trying to figure crap right. out. We've. I've had a very long week. You have. And I didn't want to get toilet paper in the middle of the night. I wanted to go right back to bed. Because if I do more than one thing, if I get up to go to the bathroom, it takes me an hour to fall back asleep. So if I have to go into the cabinet, get toilet paper, put it on the roll, then get back in bed, then I'm up for two hours. Got it. And the little things that you forget to do are tenfold to my one not putting a toilet roll back on when there's Kleenex behind you if you need it. I think why it stands out to me, and it's not even really a stupid fight, but I think what stands out to me is it kind of shocks me. Get ready. That you don't do it. More is coming. Yeah, maybe. I don't I You probably won't let yourself do that. I'm going to be spread thin. After working a 12-hour shift, I'm not going to be thinking about the toilet paper roll or right. the napkins or the paper plates. So someone else is going to have to. Sounds like a plan. Well, Jamie, you... We're absolutely amazing today. <laughs> amazing. This, you absolutely, I mean, this is just one of your best podcasts ever. So proud of you. So proud of all that you shared. And I love you. What do you think of that? Oh, love you too. You're crazy. See you next week. Thanks again for listening in as we unpack our stories. Our prayer is that they give you a greater hope and a glimpse of the God of the impossible. Shout out to Lemon Music Studio for letting us use your incredible song. See you next week.